Well, hello, everyone. How are we today? Jonathan here. So glad to be with you for Journey Online. Uh, I have missed being with you for the last couple of weeks, um, but trust that in uh, the midst of our travels and um, all of the wonderful things going on here in East Dallas at Journey, that uh, life has been treating you well. Uh, today, we're going to jump right into the message. We are right in the middle of the season of Lent. Uh, this time of year, for me, always is one that seems to move so quickly. Uh, you come out of Christmas, and there's a bit of a lull until things get back into a normal pace. But the kids go back to school. There's all these sort of one-off holidays uh, in January and February. The weather, um, at least in Texas, starts to get a little warmer and the trees are budding and, and there's just all of the, like each and every day, there seems to be something new, something different, something unique. It's, it's, it's different than winter or um, late fall where the weather patterns are the same and it's just sort of this constant uh darkness or constant uh, rain or constant cold. Uh, it's new and fresh in these days. And because of that, this time period seems to move so quickly. Um, and in the season of Lent, we practice spiritual disciplines in order to try to slow things down, in order to invest in and prepare for celebrating the resurrection. So we fast, we pray, we reflect, we repent. And all of these are to remind us of, first of all, who God is. And second of all, uh, what does it mean for us to live lives in sync with the kingdom of God? So However your fast is going, if you are fasting, however this time of reflection and penitence and, and uh, repentance is going, uh, I, I hope that in the midst of this, you feel the nearness of Jesus beckoning us all to fall deeper in love with Jesus and to be oriented more and more towards our neighbors. So during this series, Season of Lent, we have been in a sermon series where we've been looking, taking the idea of fasting and thinking about the things that we need to let go of in order that we can grab hold of things of the kingdom. So uh, we're using the seven deadly sins. There's only six weeks, so we're kind of using the six deadly sins, I suppose. Um, but we're, we're, we're using those to inform things patterns in our lives that we need to let go of. And using the fruit of the Spirit, or at least part of the fruits of the Spirit, in order to understand what we need to grab hold of or what needs to fill our lives. And so today we're talking about letting go of control, which is sourced by the sin of pride. And we're talking about grabbing hold of, in its place, influence, which is a fruit of faithfulness. So we're going to talk more specifically about that in a moment. 
But I want to make sure that before we get too far into that, that we understand the significance, the purpose of repentance and reflection and examine. During Lent, the reason why we fast and pray is to gain new perspective on who God is and on who we as followers of Jesus are called to be. Jesus, in several instances, spent time in fasting and prayer. Sometimes it was just the morning before a busy day. Sometimes it was an extended period of time, like the 40 days in the desert. But Jesus spent time fasting and praying. Now, Jesus didn't need to gain perspective on who God is. He knows who God is. He knew who he was as God in the flesh. He didn't need time for reflection and repentance because Jesus was God. He didn't need to repent. But yet we still find that Jesus valued this spiritual discipline of fasting and reflection and solitude and prayer. And we said this several weeks ago, but if what's good for Jesus is good for us, right? And so if Jesus is fashioning his life in such a way that he's spending time in prayer and reflection and fasting, then how much more should we uh, also adopt those habits? So we fast and we pray during this time because we realize that at our basic level, we need a reality. We need a center to ground ourselves outside of ourselves. We spend so much time in our modern Western American culture chasing the next thing and living up to identity markers, which we point to in an attempt to impress ourselves or impress others. And Lent is this unique season where we are invited to let go of all of that and to embrace the way of Jesus. And so during this series, as we said, we're looking at what we need to let go of in order that we have space and room in our lives to grab hold of um, the things of the kingdom. There's a, a Houston rapper. Um, his name is Toby Ingwingway. He gained his fame making rap videos on Instagram. And uh, he is is really, really talented. Uh, he also is a follower of Jesus. And so his music connects at a, uh, at, at a, at a level that followers of Christ can appreciate. Um, there are many mentions in his music of God, although it's not Christian rap or Christian music. Uh, it is um, just music. Um, and it's music that talks about, uh, the, talks about life and, and any music that talks about life right, um, is, is ultimately spiritual, uh, because that's life is spiritual. And so uh, I, I have gained a deep appreciation for his music and his talent. One of the things that he says in, in a song is, uh, you can't get your blessing from God when both your hands is full. Right? Like, if, if your hands are full of things, clinging to things, uh, some of the wrong things, um, maybe it's not the wrong things, it's just too much of something, or you're grasping too tightly, then you're unable to live in an open posture to receive the things of God. Our lives are not defined 
by that which we are able to hold in our hands. But rather, our lives are defined by that which is holding us. And that is the kingdom of God. In Romans chapter 5, we read verses 1 through 11 at the beginning of this message. Um, Jeremy read that. Uh, I want to continue forward from there. And we're discovering this. What does it mean to live justified? And more importantly, or, 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 or just as significantly, what does it mean to live a justified life? I think we're going to talk about that in a little bit in more depth. But Jesus, the, the, Paul tells us that we're justified, but also tells us that Jesus gave us life. And so we want to be, we want to live lives that are the most filled with joy and grace and peace possible. And so Paul gives us some uh, things to focus in on to help us understand what does a joy-filled, full life look like. And so Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 18, here's what the scripture says. It says, just as one trespass resulted in the condemnation for all people. So Paul here is talking about the story we read at the beginning of Genesis, depicting how um, people live sinful lives, and beginning with Adam, who is uh, the first person, and um, Adam's rebellion against God, um, as an understanding of people's rebellion against God throughout the generations, um, but using Adam as the archetype of man, and then comparing that to Jesus and what Jesus did. <clears throat> Um, so also one righteous act, the act of Jesus, resulted in justification and life for all, right? Justification and life. So justification, you have been made right with God, right? Uh, you have been justified by the actions of Jesus. You never have to wonder what your standing is with God. This is a big deal in our culture. I don't know about you, but there are moments in my life where I feel like I have let God down, where I uh, have struggled to be the type of person that I wanted to be, and that somehow God was disappointed in me. But that could not be further from the truth. We are justified not because of what we can do or have done, but what God has done for us. And as if that wasn't a, a enough of a gift. Paul writes, justified and life for all. Joy-filled, full life. That is why we have been justified. For just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. Now notice the verb there is not earned righteousness, not achieved righteousness, not strived for righteousness, but made righteous. You have been made righteous by the work that Jesus has done. 
And during this season of Lent, we need to remember that no matter how things are in this present moment, if everything is put together nicely and neatly, or if everything is unraveled, that we are, we are able to live justified in right standing with God, and we are able to live full, joy-filled, full lives of grace and peace. And that is what our fasting and repentance reminds us of. You know, oftentimes we need to keep the main thing the main thing. And in the kingdom of God, the main thing is what God has done in our lives and through our lives. Not our performance, not our achievements, not our accomplishments, but what God has done and is doing. That is the main thing. You know, oftentimes we find ourselves in situations where we are grasping for control. We are clinging to some sort of control, but the reality is that any real, any, uh, any, Clinging to any sort of sense of control is really an illusion. It's like trying to grab water, right? There's water around us, but if you try to get a handful of water, you open your hand and there's no water there, right? There might be a little water residue left behind. Your hand might be wet, but you can't grab water. You can't grab air. And really, the, what we are able to control is very little. But that doesn't mean that we just sort of throw up our hands and say, okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. It's not just uh, about pulling back and allowing life to happen without putting forth any effort or making any intentional movements. No, it's about learning to trust more in the kingdom fruit of influence rather than grasping for control. Control comes from the sin of pride. I could do it better. Or if I did it, everything would work out the way that it should. That's a source by pride. Influence says that I'm going to trust in the way of Jesus and be faithful to the way of Jesus and allow the influence of the kingdom to move and motivate and, and, and shift reality because that's the way that influence works. Have you ever seen a relationship thrive when one person tries to control the other? Have you ever found yourself enjoying trying to meet someone else's expectations of you? you know, our control leads to brokenness in relationships, and we know that brokenness is not a byproduct of the kingdom of God. That wholeness and fullness is the byproduct of the kingdom. So when we realize that there is an attribute of our lives that is leading to brokenness, we have to understand that, 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 that we need to let go of that in order that we can grab hold of that which leads to life. Control leads to brokenness. Influence leads to life. As followers of the way of Jesus, we need to strive to trust more in the influence of faithfulness 
than the controlling nature of pride. I have a little prayer exercise I want to teach you quickly today, and it involves our bodies. You know, sometimes we pray with our minds, sometimes we pray with our words, sometimes we, we, we pray with our bodies. And this, for lack of a better word, is called what I call the closed fist, open hands prayer. And so it starts by just making a closed fist. And as you clench your fist as tight as you can, I want you to pay attention to how that affects the rest of your body. Maybe your forearms begin to cramp, your fingers get tense, uh, maybe you're gritting your teeth or you're you know, tightening up your whole body so you can squeeze your fists as tight as possible. This is, has a squeezing, clenching your fists has an effect on your whole body and that effect does not feel good. It's not good for your body, right? And as you're feeling that tension throughout your whole body, I just want you to then release that tension and let go and feel how that immediately isn't just affecting your hands and fingers, but your whole body as well. Your, your body's beginning to relax, to let up, to, 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 to sort of take a deep breath. And a lot of times in our lives, we find ourselves in situations where we are holding on so tightly to whatever it is. Maybe it's control. Uh, maybe it's an experience. Whatever it is, we're holding on to something so tightly that it is crippling the rest of our life or the rest of our body. And we need to learn to live instead with open hands in faithfulness to the kingdom and allowing the way of Jesus to be that which guides our lives. And as you um, do this prayer, I want you to find a time, I want you to, uh, in, the, in the midst of this, um, offer a prayer, just a simple prayer. Say, God, allow me to live in sync with your kingdom today. And then throughout your day, if you find yourself in a situation where you're, you're realizing you're sort of tense for whatever reason, just squeeze your hands and open it. You don't have to make a big deal out of it, but just maybe under the table or at your side, you know, um, and, and, and allow that to help you to remember to live with open hands, receptive to the way of Jesus. Friends, I pray today that we would be people who learn to let go of that which is sourced by the ways of brokenness in order that we can live openly and receive fully the way of Jesus in our lives. Grace and peace to you.